Good morning, everybody. Welcome to All Souls. My name is Barbara Gerald. I'm the chaplain here at All Souls. We want you to know that whatever your story, whatever your identity, if you care to be here worshiping with us, you are welcome. We want you to know that you are welcome to attend any of the activities that you find listed in your orders of service. Um, Usually there's contact information there with them, and if you want to know more about that activity, uh, you can look at those sheets and take them home with you for reference. The phone numbers are there, the names are there, and um, they'll be glad to answer your questions. If you have questions about this church or Unitarian Universalism, there is someone in the foyer at the back of the church who can answer those questions for you too or at least point you to information. Uh, Once a month we have a newcomer information session and we had that scheduled for last week. Um, And I'm sure we'll have one again towards the end of November. We've been hosting Colores del Pueblo this weekend, and I want to encourage you to all go out back to the social hall after the service, do as much early Christmas shopping as you possibly can. It's a fair trade, a fair trade market where the artisans get a fair price for their wares, and um, it's also a fundraising thing for us. So we want to encourage your participation in that and thank Deborah Brown for coming and bringing that to us again. Um, Wednesday, something extraordinary happened. For the first time, federal laws in this country included for hate discrimination crimes, for hate crimes the LGBT population of this country. It's the first time that love has been broadened to include all of the citizens of this country. And uh, we want to celebrate that. Next Sunday, George Lepler will be in the pulpit. Last time he was here, we all enjoyed it, and he's going to be uh, setting us on a good course for the future. I hope that you will come and pay close attention to every word he says. Isn't that right, George? Um, As we move towards the body of the service, we'd ask that you please turn off our silence. Your electronic devices and cell phones. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the service. There was just one more thing that I had forgotten until the second, but next Saturday here in the sanctuary at 6.30 p.m., there will be what we like to call a dialogue. The gentlemen involved like to call it a debate, but they promised me it's going to be a very friendly, gentlemanly occasion. They are going to have a dialogue about the existence of God. And I don't know if you've been following a lot of the discussions lately between the the new atheist authors and then some of the more traditional Christian voices, 
Those are the two voices that will be represented. They ask us to moderate because they know that so many other voices besides those two are represented here. And what better place to come, what better ground to be on to have that dialogue and to have it in a friendly and civilized manner. It will be at 6.30 p.m. next Saturday. We are calling it Evidence for God, question mark. And uh, the uh, two uh, men who will be dialoguing uh, one is Chan Heron, who is a Bible instructor at Calvary Baptist Academy. One is Randall Lord, who is a chiropractor and is also very active with Shreveport Atheists. So we hope you'll be here. There will be a reception afterwards for you to meet them and talk with them. And it should be a really interesting. And we hope very civil and respectful. We know very civil and respectful event. Thank you. In the earliest years of the Christian church, say, the first couple of hundred, a theological scholar by the name of Origen of Alexandria taught a doctrine of universal salvation that all souls ultimately moved toward God, that all souls would grow into harmony with the sacred. So yes, even from the start, we really meant and mean all souls. We look to Origen as one of the earliest forerunners of our universalism. As time went by, there arose a great debate over the nature of Jesus. And in 325, in the Common Era, the Emperor Constantine called a big meeting at Nicaea, which is in what is now Turkey, for the purpose of settling all those theological differences and establishing a common creed. Picture this as the longest, most difficult board meeting you've ever sat through. Or maybe the longest class you've ever sat through in school where people were kind of arguing back and forth about whatever. Ultimately, the followers of a man named Athanasius won the day, claiming that Jesus was the same substance as God and offering the doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, but in three parts. The followers of a man named Arius argued that Jesus was not equal to God, but a human being more deeply in touch with that spark of God that is within each and every one of us. These people believed that God was one and that their own free and responsible readings of scripture did not lead them to an idea of God as three. Thus they rejected the doctrine of the Trinity, they were outvoted at the big meeting, and from then on, the church would consider them heretics. People who broke the rules, people who didn't believe what everyone else believed. They weren't called Unitarians. That would come later, and would actually start out as an insult that later we would come to claim and own. And remember Origen? A couple of hundred years after that, his teaching, too, would be called heresy, the heresy of universalism. But as I've told people before, this is a church where we teach our children the word heresy as a good thing. The root of the word heresy means to choose. And we're proud to be descended from a long line of those who chose their spiritual paths, sometimes in the face of exile, imprisonment, and even death. A long line of those who recognize that spark of God in each person. One of my favorite jokes about Unitarian Universalism goes like this. Someone says to a Unitarian Universalist, Is it true you deny the divinity of Jesus? 
And the Unitarian Universalist says, nope, we don't deny the divinity of anybody. (laughs) In honor of that spark of the divine within us all, let us kindle the chalice of our faith. And I do not see our chalice lighters this morning. So Tess and Pagan, you had asked, would you like to light the chalice this morning after all? Our chalice lighters this morning are Tess and Pagan McIntyre. Will you all stand in body or spirit and join us in the unison affirmation? Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest for truth is its sacrament and service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need, to the end that all souls shall grow into harmony with the sacred. Thus do we covenant with each other. Thank you both so much. We have members of our second through fifth class and our middle school class who are going to help us this morning to read the principles. And I wonder who is reading the first principle this morning. And if you would go ahead and come on up. This is Shane Drury. Why don't you come stand over here? There you go. And I'll read this part first, and then you can read your Every part. person is important and valuable. All right. Do you remember the first principle in the adult words? We covenant to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Now, shut your orders of service. Let's do it again. You thought just because the substitute was here, you wouldn't have to. We covenant to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person. Thank you, Shane. This is the first of our seven principles and the one that forms the foundation of all the others. In fact, if you were to view the principles as a bridge to a better world, then the first and the seventh form the towers that support the bridge. They hold up the other five. We can trace this principle directly back to our Unitarian and Universalist heritage. Both streams of our faith turned away from the idea of humans as depraved, as born in sin, as not worth saving on their own merits. William Ellery Channing, a Unitarian minister, said, Every human being has a work to carry on within, duties to perform abroad, influence to exert which are peculiarly his and which no conscience but his own can teach. And again, we turn to humor as a teaching tool. The great 19th century universalist preacher, Hosea Ballou, was running into church right before the service and somebody stops to ask him a big question. That's never happened to you, has it, Barbara? I know it's never happened to me. He asked, Mr. Ballou, what do you think of the case of a man who should go out, of, out into the world cursing and swearing and calling on God to send him to hell? And Reverend Ballou had just a moment to speak to this man, and he said, Why, deacon, a profane, profane swearer like that is really a very wicked man, and do you, do you think God would really answer the prayer of, of a man like that? And the deacon said, Well, no, I guess not. And Reverend Ballou said, well, there you go. You have your answer. 
The old joke was that the Universalists believed God was too good to send people to hell, and the Unitarians believed that they were too good for God to send to hell. As with all jokes, there's a kernel of truth there, and that belief in the basic goodness of humanity evolved over time into an understanding that this meant all humanity, and into this, our first principle. And our second principle, we'll have our second reader. Destiny, I think you have a third, aren't you? Oh, she's got, okay, that's great. Um, So our second principle is justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. And Destiny will read the words for young people. All people should be treated fairly. All people should be treated fairly. Thank you. So let's say it. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. All right, this time, close them, if you didn't already. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. Our Unitarian Universalist history is replete with brave men and women who have stood up for justice, equity, and compassion throughout the ages. The idea that humans made in God's image must be good, and that, yes, that meant all humans, all souls, informed the social justice work of abolitionists like 18th century theologian and scientist Joseph Priestley, who discovered oxygen and was also an outspoken abolitionist, someone who wanted to get rid of slavery. Again, William Ellery Channing was also active in the abolitionist movement, and everybody knows the name of Susan B. Anthony for what? Giving women the right to vote. That's right, helping women to get the right to vote. Um, Clara Barton founded the Red Cross, and she was an innovator in wartime nursing. And Dorothea Dix crusaded for the rights of the mentally ill. In the 20th century, the Reverend James Reeb and Viola Liuzzo both gave their lives in support of the civil rights movement. And today, because yes, we really do mean all souls, we are proud to stand on the side of love and the quest for marriage equality and the full civil rights of our gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered friends and their families. And we're proud, very proud, of that legislation that happened this week. And now our third principle. And first we'll have our reader. And I think that may be destiny again. Our third principle, this one's a little longer, acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth within our congregations. Our churches are places where we should accept one another and learn together. Thank you. So let's say it. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth within our congregations. Okay, don't peek. Acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth within our congregations. Where many churches are united by a creed, a set of beliefs on which they all agree, we come together around a covenant, which is a sacred agreement to respect each other as we walk our individual faith paths. Our principles themselves are a covenant, Our congregations create covenants. Our children's religious education classes create covenants. We learn from listening to each other. Some may say we've gone too far in this acceptance of so many people on so many different paths that we've blurred the focus, obscured the message, if in fact we had a message. But I respectfully disagree. The focus is clear. The focus is clearly on covenant. The most important message is in the promise to be together in community, 
to respect all paths, to listen, and to learn from each other. And we have our fourth principle. Each person, each person should be free to search for what is true and right. Thank you. And what is your name? Valerie, thank you, Valerie. I appreciate it. The free and responsible search for truth and meaning. Say that with me. And responsible search for truth and meaning. Close. The free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are united by our acceptance of one another. We are united by our covenant. If we are united by any one belief, it is the belief that yes, we really do mean all souls. If the bridge to a better world is supported on either side by the first principle and the seventh, then one could probably say that the fourth principle is the central support that keeps the bridge in place. It is certainly the one that many say has brought them here. The free and responsible search for truth and meaning. The freedom to search for what is true and right in one's own life. In that spirit, I ask you to find that quiet center within where you feel most at home spiritually. You may close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. Whether you feel closer to God or to the earth, at one with all life, or in quiet communion with the highest, best part of yourself, be still with the source and spirit of all life, by whatever name you call it. Feel the vertical connection to that higher state of being. Feel the horizontal connection to this community, these people around you who affirm your presence here, your spiritual path, your free and responsible search as a source of spiritual sustenance for you and a source of learning and spiritual enrichment for all of us. Feel our embrace when you are hurting our joy in your triumphs. May our minds and hearts be open to learn from each other, to listen to each other, to love one another, as together, yet each in our own way, we enter the silence. Our offertory reading this morning is a responsive reading, number 586. As labor is the common burden of our race, so the effort of some to shift their share of the burden onto the shoulders of others is the great durable curse of the race. As I would not be a slave, so I would not be a master. This expresses my idea of democracy. Whatever differs from this to the extent of the difference is no democracy. Our reliance is in our love for liberty Our defense is in the spirit which prizes liberty as the heritage of all people in all lands everywhere. Destroy this spirit and we have planted the seeds of despotism at our own doors. 
those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and cannot long retain it. Why should there not be a patient confidence in the ultimate justice of the people? Is there any better or equal hope in the world? Let us have faith that right makes might. And in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. This is in tribute to our fifth principle. And if our fifth reader would come forward. Who is Destiny Calendar? The fifth principle is the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process in our congregations and in society at large. All people have the right to speak out and vote on things that matter to them. So the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process in our congregations and in society at large. Ever thankful for this place where our voices are heard and our votes are counted, we will now accept the gifts of the people. Our sixth principle is the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. And our reader is Caroline. No? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't see you coming down here. What is your name? Cindy. Cindy. Okay, Cindy. Let's hear it. We should help to build a peaceful, fair, and free world. Thank you very much. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Not so many words in this one. Close your, close your order of service. The goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. We started two weeks ago something called Stand Up, Take Action. In ways large and small, members of this congregation and this denomination are finding a multitude of ways to work for this goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. Locally, members of our church are participating with Northern and Central Louisiana Interfaith to work across lines of race, faith, and geography to give voice to the voiceless and to improve life for all our citizens. We're working with others to put in the community garden at Forbing Camp to make high-quality fresh food available to a broader spectrum of people in our community because we really do mean all souls. Globally, we've joined with other UU congregations and with people around the world who are working on the eight Millennium Development Goals of the United Nations. The first seven goals are designed to drastically reduce extreme poverty worldwide by the year 2015. And those seven are to end poverty and hunger, to provide universal education, gender equality, child health, mother's health or maternal health, to combat the spread of AIDS and HIV, and to take care of the earth. And number eight is that those first seven will be accomplished by a global partnership by nations working together by the year 2015. In honor of the first seven goals, we were asked to bring seven items of non-perishable food and or seven pieces of money to put toward a local organization doing the work of accomplishing the Millennium Development Goals. 
We chose Providence House, which will not only use our resources to feed people now, but to teach people how ultimately to take care of themselves. Families at Providence House go through an intensive program, including job training and life skills training, as well as transitional assistance to get set up in their own households. If you have brought food, you may bring it forward now along the outside aisles, and if you have brought money, the ushers will be by again to take that. Thank you. Finally, our seventh principle. I think we have two readers for that, for our seventh principle. Jaden and Destiny. We need to take care of the earth. Of the earth. The home is shared. The home is shared. With all living things. All living things. Okay, let's do it one more time. We, we need to take care. We need to take care. Of the earth. Of the earth. The home we share. The home you share. With all living things. All living things. Thank you. And for adults, that is respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Close them up. Respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Informing all our work, all our prayer, all of what each of us does and believes as an individual in our sense of connectedness to each other and to all life in the interdependent web of all existence. As we extinguish our chalice, let it take its light within us until we return, greeting and embracing the light in each and every person along our path.